Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Hello, I'm Valerie Daly at Showcase Properties at Central Florida. Horses are the lifeblood of the horse capital of the world and enrich the lives of many. Our farm specialists are equine enthusiasts who are actively involved in our local equestrian community. If you're ready to discover Ocala, contact Showcase Properties of Central Florida to begin your unique real estate journey with one of our experienced agents today. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital this hour. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, broadcasting from the horse capital of the world at the Showcase Properties Studios. I'm Louisa Barton. Hope you enjoyed the blooper at the beginning. <laughs> Where Ian didn't press the button and Gigi's butt was on the screen. And actually she was fixing my hair which was sticking up. So if it's still sticking up, feel free to comment below the broadcast. If you're watching on social media, if you're not watching on Equus TV, you can always send us a funny email, we don't mind. I have a very special guest in the studio with me. I'm very, very pleased to introduce you to a good friend of mine, Jody Everton. One of those people that you meet and love just right away. You know, Aww. one of those people. <laughs> Jody, thanks Thank for being with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be here. Jody is the other half of the team at uh, Ocala Stirrups with Joe Alberti at Chestnut Hill Arabians, where we were on Saturday. I'm going to share a little clip from there that I didn't even know Gigi took, but it kind of says it all. So let's watch it. Uh, Gigi's saying keep talking so they're looking for that clip for you but it's brilliant perfect um, it's two ladies actually who were chatting and Gigi kind of caught them just outside the ring and and actually recorded a little and it was almost like wow they couldn't have said it better perfect so we thought that yeah we're watching the second lesson happen right now and we are just so excited that we both would like to take future lessons yes. down here this is such an awesome opportunity here in the horse capital of the world i'm so glad somebody has taken this on like joe has so, we're excited to be here too. <laughs> we're so appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> so thank and you for And this event's asking. been great. Lots yes, of fun. this is awesome. Really great to ask for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Be beautiful day. Beautiful day. God bless. <laughs> How about that? That was like they just practiced it. It was so spot on. Jody, we're going to start off with some news okay. brought to you by Piranha. Wonderful. But. 
first of all, I got to give you a Prezi from oh, Piranha. Thank you so much, Piranha. We will definitely no, use no, this. No, oh my no. goodness. I'm going to peek really quick. Yes, actually, feel oh, yeah. to share what's Oh, here. let's see. We got all kinds of good stuff. Do you have? Zero bite. We like that. Absolutely. We like to be in a no fly zone. Yes, this piranha. is the time of year. Oh, this is an equine spray and wipe. The blue bottle. Yes. Let's see what else we got in here. Ottaway. Water, a water, another water-based. Oh, odor away. To odor keep, away. Oh, can we put uh, that on yes, our Yes, let's, let's get that up there. <laughs> That'll be up to you. That went right over my head there. Alrighty, let's see what else we got. No flies on Wipe and sprays. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's see what else we got. Legacy. Fly, all kinds of fly oh, spray products. Yeah, you can try them all. Oh, yeah. What do we got here? Let's see. Oh, uh, and, a, and a shampoo. They have shampoo, too. Yeah. I didn't know they had yes. shampoo. Well, thank you, Piranha. Yes. Take Lovely that for sure. Prezies, yes. Yes, Prezies thank you so much. Um, but you're not a guest. That's right. You're a co-host. Well, I'd like it to be <laughs> your co-host, Louisa. <laughs> um, so we've got a segment coming up in a little while um, with Steve Haskin, our Hall of Fame surf writer. We're going to talk about whips. So that's why we have the whip here. It's not to beat me when I say something that I shouldn't. <laughs> talk a little bit about the differences in colic and how you can recognize which colic is which because sometimes that can mm -hmm. be difficult sure. uh, especially with different horses personalities and right. reactions some are more stoic and some aren't then we're going to chat for a couple more segments with Jody about uh, her background and what she's doing with the Ocala Stirrups program but starting off with some news and speaking of whips uh, the U.S. Equestrian Federation issued a show jumper, Kevin Lemke, a four-month suspension and a $4,000 fine for unsportsmanlike conduct using excessive force with a horse. We hate to hear that. Yes. Hear that will get uh, investigated and straightened out. Here's a strange one for you. Maybe we should ask Dr. Chaot about this. A shortage in penta pentobarbital, which mm. is used in most euthanasia drugs for horses and small animals, has vets conserving supplies and considering alternate methods. Apparently, there's been a bit of a shortage since January, um, mm. and, and it's widespread, and the AAEP is aware of the shortage and um, knows that vets are looking to alternatives for that, and, you know, that goes back to the old-fashioned way of doing things yeah. um, with a with a gunshot, but um, certainly a situation that, you know, needs to be considered and people to be aware yes. of that situation so they're not surprised. Um, I, obviously, if you have to go through putting a horse or any animal down, you're heartbroken anyway, so this is something... Uh, that is a hard process when yes, that time comes. Yes, yes for it sure. It certainly is, and um, so just something to be aware of. Um, it's created a big challenge for veterinarians. Mm -hmm. um, it's an, an industry-wide shortage of the drug, apparently, and um, for some reason, I don't know why that would be hard to come by, um, but it is at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Ingrid, Ingrid Klimke is out of the Tokyo Olympics. Mm. Um, she actually had a very uh, nasty fall on the cross-country. Um, fortunately, she's okay, but she was hospitalized and um, with some uh, sternum and rib injuries. So we're going to put our prayers out there for her um, for a recovery, but she will be obviously unable to compete 
in the That's Tokyo Olympics. And they've been waiting so long with the, with the pandemic, and now they finally get an opportunity to go. That's a shame. We'll be thinking of her for I sure. I know, isn't it? Yeah. it? It is a shame because you're right, the delays and the, and the missing the whole year. Yes, and then yes. ending up coming to 2021 and getting excited about being ready to go. Yes. And then... Yeah, that's hard. I certainly wish it was something that we were covering. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going oh, to Tokyo. Oh, I would love to go to Tokyo you with you. Because I was my girl. I'd be, happy to, I'd be happy to go to Tokyo if anyone would like to send Louisa and I. Yes. We would do an excellent job. We would. Yes, we would have fun. We would, we would get the backstories. Because, you know, that's what you want to know about the Olympic champions, the backstory. Do you know, you're right. You're so right. When we go to any of the big races or big events, you know, like the Derby, Preakness, Belmont, Breeders' Cup, mm-hmm. Rolex, Land Rover, you know, yes, whatever. Yes, the whole thing. With all of those, we always go behind the scenes, you know. And that's and what people want to hear. Yeah, yes. we like the, you know, the story about the groom that loved this horse yes. and did this extra for him and then he won this. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, no offense to NBC or any of the big channels, but, you know, they're on the front lines on the racetrack. They're talking to the sure. people owners and the jockeys and that's great somebody needs to do that but i think when you can get behind the scenes a little bit and kind of dig into the you know just like we did with gail rice who's yes. become a great friend yes. to me she actually lives half a mile up the road from me mm-hmm. which is crazy um and we didn't know each other but she um she has such a wonderful backstory yes you know she's out there pushing the wheelbarrow and working yes. the farm and yes you know and so i think when people see that simple side of it it certainly puts in to me it's the cinderella story i completely agree and when i even left after meeting her the first time it's so inspiring yeah that a regular person like me yeah could could potentially breed such greatness like that and i just think that um yeah that's exciting yeah for the the sport of kings you know i mean just very exciting to meet her and and hear her family story yeah Yeah. just unbelievable it is it's an incredible uh experience and uh, it always makes me happy to share that and so that our listeners can see another side yes to things they think are all about Big bucks. I agree. Plus, I would just think it would have to be very encouraging yes. to, to anyone. There's it, a chance. Yes, there's, a, there's a chance for me. I could be the winner of that. Exactly. You know, that's exciting. Gigi just gave us the... So that means we'll be back after the Horse Farms Forever video, which I love, commercial, and then we'll have Steve Haskin, our Hall of Fame writer. Stay with us. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Be back in a
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Are you ready to get loco? At Loco Graphics, every dollar matters to provide your ideas brought to life. Loco Graphics strives to get your message across and impact your customers, offering logo design, vehicle wraps, business cards, banners, and more. Make your business shine and showcase who you are with nothing but the highest quality materials. The difference is in the details. Impact your potential customers with Loco Graphics. Like them on Facebook now and find them on the web at locographics.com. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farm, our broadcast sponsor, broadcasting from the horse capital of the world in the Showcase Properties Studio. I'm Louisa Barton, in here with my co-host and friend, Jody Everton from the Ocala Stirrups program at Chestnut Hill Arabians, and joining us by phone, my very favorite guest. That means you know who it is. Steve Haskin, he's our Hall of Fame turf writer. Steve, welcome back to the show. It's lovely to have you with us. Uh, well, listen, yeah, you call me your favorite guest of all those incredible guests you have. I mean, you're, li- you're leaving me speechless. <laughs> you're never speechless. <laughs> we have this wonderful whip. Actually, it's in a box. It's very nice. It's obviously from the Breeders' Cup. And the funny thing is, Gail Rice was in here the week before last, who bred Medina Spirit. And it's her son-in-law in the photo with the whip. It's Jose Ortiz. It's quite cool. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I have to tell her. I, I, hope, uh, I, 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 hope, I hope everything doesn't come crashing down for her and all the other little people. Me too. To the backstory of that horse. I know. That would be an absolute, absolute shame. To I know. Oh. Say, say that you, you, you bred a Kentucky Derby winner, and then a few weeks later, you did. I know. I know. Oh, I so hope that's not the case. Me too. Oh. Me too. I feel like lots of horse people are pulling for that little horse. On the, I know. On the, yeah. He ran such a great race. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. He did. He did. He, listen, there's no way he did not deserve to win that race. No. Absolute shame. No. I understand the rules part, but I do too. What a shame it would be if they I know. I wish the rules, if they have to put those sort of stringent rules, I wish they would only take the trainer down for a bit and let the horse stay because, unless it was a, obviously a performance-enhancing drug. But listen, if you can rub psoriasis cream into my head, containing a bit of betamethasone, and I can run a 5K, come on and rub it in. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. The funny thing is, is that of Baffert's three horses that ran at Pimlico, two of them ran up the track horribly, completely out of form, yet he ran his race. He just, you know, he just wasn't quite good enough on that day. You know, he mm-hmm. had pressure the whole way. And, yeah. You know, he was coming off that tough race in the Derby. And, sure. But he, he showed that, that he's a good horse and he deserved that yes. Kentucky Derby win. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. If you can run second in the Preakness, when the, the jockey on um, Irad, the other jockey, rode both horses, 
I mean, he rode his horse and Medina Spirit the way he pushed him and pushed him, and he still ran a game third um, in a, uh, two weeks after running the biggest race of his life. Yeah. So he proved himself to me 100%. Absolutely. Now, if he had run dead last, I might have said, mm, you know, but he didn't. He really tried, and he took the lead, and he ran in the lead, and he just got tired. You know, that was an exhausting race. But yeah, I'm going to give a horse something to, uh, to make him run faster or to enhance his performance. You're not going to give him a, a, a tw 21 picograms of no. better methadone. Correct. No. Correct. Not at all. That's the, and, you know, in harness racing, 100 picograms is what is actually allowed, permitted. And in my opinion, yeah, I mean, the thing is with 100 picograms, you're sure it's not a accidental contamination. Yes. You know, yes. it, it that much shows up, then probably something was done. Correct. But 21 picograms is at that level where it's still possible that a horse could nuzzle on an owner's head and get some cream, you know? Yes. I mean, you need it to be at a level where it's, you know, where it's definitely a deliberate mm -hmm. act, you know, and, and right. that's something I... Am well, the, the, US, the USTA, I mean, you know, they hired this, this uh, panel of uh, noted veterinarians to do an extensive study on betamethasone, and not only did they come up, you know, with the, with the level of, uh, the proper level of being 100, Mm -hmm. But they tried to talk thoroughbred racing into it, and thoroughbred racing went from 10 to 0. They went the other way. Yeah. Which is, is it's, it is a shame because, you know, it's kind of like any athlete, in my opinion, whether you're, you know, four-legged or two-legged, there are certain things within a reasonable level that can make you more comfortable doing what you do really well, but not make you be able to perform at a different level, and to restrict horses from being able to have things that are going to make them more comfortable is, it's really a shame to be even in that position, you know, where, where you can't, where you have to be so worried that, oh, well, he's racing again in three weeks, so I can't, you know, all of us like an ibuprofen sometimes, you know what I mean? It just seems to me that it's a shame that, um, that it's, you know, being so, I, I'm all about horse protection, I'm all about keeping the horse as safe and healthy as possible, but I think these levels have to be set somewhere where access It's a full-on. That way we know we're being fair, you know, because this is a great horse. He's a great horse. He's proved himself, in my opinion, and I just think it's... If, if he came down, I'd be I'd cry for like three days. I agree, and I feel like, you know, the men and women that are racing at that level, they know the rules. They know their horses. They know horsemanship. Their only intention is the health and safety of those animals. Right. And... And I've never seen horses loved on as much as these scratched and sure. fantastic hay and two-foot beds of straw and, I mean, just looked after toys. And, and that's the part of it that the public doesn't see. I, I feel like if the thoroughbred industry was getting more coverage like that mm -hmm. and the public could understand a little bit better what they I'm single-handedly running around yes. in the backside of the track yes. trying to prove it. You know, but they tune in you know, three times a year. No. And then have a lot of opinions on how it should or shouldn't go. Well, that, I know. That's what bothers me. Then you get the armchair warriors that have never owned a horse in their life, that blast it all over social media and don't have any idea Absolutely. what goes into that kind of work up Absolutely. at 3 a.m. Yeah. in the barn at 4. 
Um, it's absolutely unbelievable. And a life committed to their stewardship. I know. Uh, you know, not just through their race career, the way they continue on with these horses and make sure they are set for life. And again, the public just doesn't understand. And it seems the less they, under they understand, the more opinions they want to share about it. They should just read Steve. That's right. Steve, secretariat.com. I don't understand. I don't understand why a veterinarian would prescribe this uh, right after the Sandy the Derby and not tell Bob Baffert that, listen, this is a steroid. It's got to be out of his system. Yet he was, he was giving it to him the day before the Derby. So where, where is this vet? I mean, you can see on the box in big letters, there's only two things in there. And the, the, the second one on there is, is metazone and anybody can read. So, I mean, I don't I don't understand any of that. I don't understand what that vet was doing. Why would you prescribe it and prescribe it for that long a period of time? Because when you saw the horse before the preakness, he still had that rash disease on him. I know. I know, and that was my question. I don't get any of it. No, I don't either, and that was a heck of a rash because I saw that photo that Barbara uh, Livingston took. Uh, of him, it kind of in gallop. He was he was in a gallop. You could tell his leg was kind of stretched out. You could see all the way like lower part of his rump and down almost, not as far as his hock. But yeah, and if he'd had that for that long, how long are you using this? How long are you using this stuff? It's not working. Yeah, yeah. Give it to him the day before the derby. Not only that, but anything that's prescribed by a veterinarian. It's supposed to be submitted to the regulatory board. That's right. To let them know every medication that a horse is on that was been prescribed by a veterinarian. So where, where was this? Steve. Were they not told? Were they told and paid no attention to it? I know. Gigi. things with this that I just don't G understand. Gigi just. Bob, Bob having the previous you know, he's got, as much as I love Bob, he's got to know what he's, he's giving. Right now, you're right. You bet, you bet. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know about this veterinarian. Thing. Steve, hold that thought. Can we have you for one more segment? We've got to go to break. I'm holding it. Holding it. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. This show was brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. 
Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the Showcase Properties Studios in the horse capital of the world, I'm Louisa Barton. got my co-host Jody Everton here with me. And on the phone we have Steve Haskin, our Hall of Fame turf writer. We're actually going to talk about whips, but we got on that other topic that's actually very important too, and I was pleased whips. And um, no naughty comments. Um, well, actually, if you want to make a naughty comment, you can. Well, when you say jump over to the whips, I mean, you know, you're inspiring a naughty comment, but I refrained. Yes, yeah, I know. Well, we'll run the disclaimer at the bottom, so we just in case. Um, let's talk about whips, Steve. <laughs> okay. What would you like to know about them? Well, I read your wonderful article that you wrote um, on secretariat.com, and I, I found it very interesting. And also, I had done a little bit of research on what they do in Britain. And it was quite interesting that your article mentioned that, um, which was interesting. But the whip, well, let me start by saying the optics are everything these days because people are generally offended by a lot of things. And there are those people who are very anti-horse racing, period. So they are looking at horse racing and trying to find the negative. I've seen, as we mentioned, the other side of it, I've seen a very positive side of it, um, which, you know, and I, there's, there's many people I know in the racing industry, just to mention one, Mark Cassie and his team, just wonderful people that do everything right, that care about the horses. There are, there are people who have never had a bad drug test or a, a bad incident. There are a lot of good people and there are a lot of great horses yes. that are very well looked after and horses love to run. And if you don't believe that, watch a replay of a race where the jockey comes off and the horse goes ahead and goes once and maybe even tries to go again. Uh, he does not run back to the barn and try to or stop and eat the grass. Right. He runs because they love to run. Yes. So there's no doubt the horses love to run. They run in the wild when they don't even have to run. So that's not questionable. Where people come into this, obviously, there are, all optics are important, especially on the world stage, things like the Derby and the Breeders' Cup, where everybody, even non-horse people, yes. are plugged yes. into it right. and have questions. And no offense to non-horse people here, but unfortunately, a lot of times, they don't have the knowledge that you have when you've been behind the scenes. No. So, Steve, tell us your opinion on the whips. Well, first of all, I mean, as far as Mammoth Park goes, we need we need more time to see how this is going to work. I mean, the Thurgood Daily News came out with a, a, a story saying, well, we saw how it worked over the weekend, and everything looked fine, so everything is good. So what happens is that all... Um, Guys like Terry Meeks and John, and John Velasquez, they're coming out and criticizing all the all the writings over this for people who are not giving it enough time. This was written three three days of, of racing over a sloppy track. Um, there was one trainer who said that if you didn't know anything about horse racing and you watched the races, you would think that they were fixed. Because you just don't know what races to see what this looks like. Right now, Mammoth Park, the horses are being ridden by a, a lot of jockeys that nobody ever heard of. Listen, mm -hmm. my, my, the extent of my horseback riding came at Sequoia National Park, so I can't say what it's like riding a horse uh, in competition. 
but I have a tremendous amount of respect for John Velasquez. And if he says he will not ride at Monmouth Park and Terry Meeks comes out and, and supports the jockeys and other jockeys, I have to listen to them yes. because what, you, what they're doing now is issuing rules that basically are subjective. Yes. Yeah. I mean, who's to say what's in a, an emergency? If, if you're on a horse, you're coming down a stretch, and your horse starts bearing out, which horses will do a lot, mm -hmm. yep. and they start bearing out, you know, into a horse on his right, and what do you do? I mean, do you let him? Do you let him bear out? Normally, what you're going to do is switch your stick, mm -hmm. hit him, hit, and you're going to hit him right-handed mm -hmm. and get him to come back in again. Right. Well, if you can't whip the horse, does that constitute an emergency? I mean, if a jockey whips the horse, is he going to be fined or suspended for hitting that horse? What if the horse all of a sudden starts ducking towards the rail? I don't mean like to the extent of putting the jockey over the rail, but let's say he's heading towards the rail. Well, what is the jockey going to do? Sure, you can use you can use the reins and you can try and pull him back in, but you know, you're dealing with different horses here. Yeah. Some horses have the right disposition. And you can handle them. Other horses are rogues, and you don't know what they're going to do. So how can you how can you institute rules when everything is subjective? When we don't know what constitutes an emergency. And you're right. So I have to listen to somebody yeah. like John Velasquez. If yeah. he says he's not going to ride there, there has right. to be a reason. I'm against. Listen, I'm against whipping. I don't like to see horses whip when they don't have to be. Sure. I watched, I watched, you mentioned Irad Ortiz before. Mm -hmm. I watched him on, on um, Known Agenda in the Florida Derby. Mm -hmm. He hit that horse eight times left-handed, coming into the, in, the, in the stretch, and each time he hit him, the horse bore out even more. And everybody's saying, oh, I don't like the fact that that horse drifted out to the middle of the track. He didn't drift out. He was shying away from the whip, mm -hmm. and he kept hitting him. He hit him eight times, mm -hmm. even though he was shying away from the whip. Mm -hmm. I'm saying at some point you got to stop. So right. I didn't like seeing that. Right. I don't like seeing a horse hit 20 times no. coming down a stretch. No, I and so that's, that's on one side, but you have to, you have to draw the line somewhere. People think they're talking about horses being beaten. People don't realize that these whips right now are like little fly swatters. I, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the way they make the whips now, when they have them in Europe, in England that way. Padded, yeah. It, is they're, they're padded. The horses don't even feel them. No. They sound a lot worse than they are because you know, they make that cracking noise right. just for sound sound effects. Mm -hmm. But I like the I like the UK rule: seven whips and not continuous. Seven whips. If you go run over, if you hit a horse eight times, you're done. You're 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 suspended. Yeah. And that's that's fine. But you can't say none. Seeing only an emergency when you don't know what an emergency is. I agree. And what's going to happen is you're going to have jockeys that are second-guessing their instinct and their horsemanship, and the result is going to be more accidents, not less. And yes. that is scary. Yes. And, and I agree. Right. There, there has to be some form of a limit because I don't like to see it either. either. However, when it needs it, it needs it. And right. if it doesn't get it, then it's going to be worse the next time. Exactly. And that is a problem. 100% agree with you. It's a 1,200-pound animal, and you're putting it in, an, in a place that maybe it's new to yes. it. You've got the spook possibility yes. with crowds. You've also got, like, what happened in the Kentucky Derby a couple of years ago where you have a horse veering into another horse. Correct. And you, you have to correct it because yes. if not, legs are going to go around legs. Correct. And, and jockeys are going to go over the top. So Johnny V, 
total respect for Johnny V. We have one minute, by the way. Why does the time when I have Steve Haskin on the show go so fast? It's because he has so many wonderful things to say. <laughs> Steve, will you go and eat your dinner, please? <laughs> now, you, 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 there's a minute to go and you're chasing me away early. I am. <laughs> I know. But we'll have you back every week if you want. Yes, you have me back. Happy back for the next controversy. Yes, I shall. Steve, thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Yes, enjoy your dinner. You know you're my favorite guest. Well, I appreciate that. And and, and enjoy the Belmont Stakes. Remember, there is a Belmont Stakes. I know, weekend. right. Go Rombauer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Steve. Take care. Take care. Steve Haskin, our Hall of Fame turf writer, my favorite guest. He knows it all. We'll be back on the second half of the show after the Palm Chevrolet opener. Stay with us. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Hello, I'm Valerie Daly at Showcase Properties of Central Florida. Horses are the lifeblood of the horse capital of the world and enrich the lives of many. Our farm specialists are equine enthusiasts who are actively involved in our local equestrian community. If you're ready to discover Ocala, contact Showcase Properties of Central Florida to begin your unique real estate journey with one of our experienced agents today. Equestrians, it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We're in the horse capital of the world, right where we belong, at the Showcase Properties Studio. I'm Louisa Barton, in the studio with me, co-host Jody Everton from Ocala Stirrups at Chestnut Hill Arabians. Right. I love saying that. And on the phone, we have Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Dr. Kayot, thanks for being back with us. Oh, my pleasure. Going to talk a little bit about the different types of colic and how you can tell the difference uh, in <laughs> what might be going on. And that's a good question because very recently 
my Mustang had a bad colic. It started out, I think, that he was stressed out because my miniature horse passed away and that was his best bud. Then I think he went to not drinking because his water trough was filthy. And that was my fault. I, I was broken neck and, you know, yeah. and should have been checking to make sure it was being cleaned regularly. And then I moved him to the round pen so I could watch his bowel movements. It became a poop watching situation. And then he started eating sand in the round pen. So mine actually was a culmination of a number of things that all ended up actually with the sand being the final culprit. But it was very hard for me to tell what was going on. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you can share with us some things that might help a little bit with that. Well, um, colic is obviously just a generic word for uh, anything causing abdominal pain in horses and people, whoever else. Um, but um, as far as discerning what the colic is or what's causing the colic, there's many different causes of colic in, in horses. Um, and obviously discerning what it is can be difficult. Um, that is part of, you know, what we do as veterinarians um, in a good assessment and a good colic exam. Um, the things that you... Um, assess an exam obviously are their level of pain horses level of pain and um, their level of pain is best indicated by a high heart rate now some horses will be you know uh, thrashing rolling around um, doing all those things that it makes it obvious mm -hmm. however however you will have you know certain breeds are very stoic your draft bees, draft bees tend to be stoic, so they don't react the same way. But every horse that is really painful, their heart rate will be significantly elevated. Not just a little bit, significant. And the normal heart rate in a horse is around 30 beats mm -hmm. a minute. And we're talking, you know, 120 beats a minute, somewhere upward, you know, around 100. That's what I kind of consider significantly elevated. Those things that cause that sort of pain are generally your bad things. Mm -hmm. um, torsions, uh, intussusception, where the, the, the um, uh, intestine folds in on itself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, your, your particular horse um, had, had that sand impaction. Mm -hmm. And those tend to be just kind of a, you know, moderate moderate types of colic meaning they aren't overly you know severely painful but they're not getting better either that right. sort of thing so they can all these things can be very hard to discern um externally some some things like impactions are you know sometimes you can get lucky and feel them on a rectal exam um, sometimes with uh, a, a dorsal displacement or something like that a nephrosplenic entrapment you can get on an ultrasound you can see on an ultrasound um but a lot of the a lot of your colleagues you're not going to necessarily know exactly what the cause is um until either you open them up or you know it, it could take a few days you know you could they can have just an upset stomach where they have an enteritis and you reflux them and they're and they're done but it, it can be it can be difficult to discern what type of colic it is unless you you know kind of get lucky 
Mm -hmm. like I had one this weekend where I could feel the impaction, you know, Mm. so I knew that's what was causing it. Um, but, but sometimes you'll have, you know, just a regular gas colic. It can be actually, you know, very painful. Initially you give them some meds, make them relax and some pain meds and they, you know, you you don't look back and they, Mm -hmm. you would think that they need surgery, you know, initially looking at them. So, you know, and, and you do a rectal exam and all you feel is, you know, puffed up bowel. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean anything's twisted. They just need to, you know, pass gas. Yes, and so, sometimes they look a little distended, don't they, with a oh, gas colic? You yep. can, in yep. some horses, I think you can yep. sometimes almost see, yes. you know, when they look a little Absolutely. abnormal they can look on the. Bloated, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some of them. You know, I had a broodmare a few weeks ago when I was on call, and she was really bloated. And I was really worried that you know she might have to go to the to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was able to reflux her, and she did fine. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you just. You, you kind of sometimes you got to hide and watch and see what's going on. Yeah, and if they don't right. get better, then, then you got to dig deeper. Um, they're like kids. Some overreact yeah. and some underreact, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. And some, yes, I mean, some horses are, some horses don't like pain and they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. kind of can be weenies. And then like, like I was saying earlier, <laughs> you have these ones that are very stoic and then yeah, you sure. wouldn't know about it. They'll just curl their lip and, you yeah. know, sure. and they'll just be standing there and, you know, they're dying and you wouldn't think it. So you know, those are the ones that scare me. I know, yeah, right? Those are the hard ones. Yeah. Right? Those are very hard. Yeah. You um, really have to know your horse yep, to know. Yep. And, yep. and you need your caretakers really on top of it. Yeah. That's right. That's yes. right. Absolutely. And would Absolutely. you say, so this would be what I would probably tell somebody as a non, obviously non-veterinarian, non-professional, but if a friend asked me, I would say if the vet has been and the vet has oiled the horse and given it banamine, and you're not seeing any improvement, and potentially in a few hours the horse is worsening again, that's when I think it's time to go to the hospital. Because I feel like right. after banamine and oiling, you should at least see everything okay for about seven or eight yeah. hours, yes. right? Yes. You, you bring a very good point. But the number one indicator that this horse has something severe is response to pain management yeah so if you give them these meds and they you know they last for 30 minutes and the horse is already back painful again that's mm-hmm. not a good sign that's the number one indicator that this horse is probably going to need something more you know more yes. inter- more intervention mm-hmm. um so that that's kind of what we go by yeah okay we can give it and, and if this horse maintains a pretty even field for six, seven, eight, 12 mm-hmm. hours, that's a good thing. That yeah. doesn't mean that they don't necessarily uh, won't colic again after that point, because a lot of impactions will until mm-hmm. that impaction passes. That can take 24, 48 hours. But mm-hmm. if you can maintain their, their pain level or their pain management at home, like that that's good but if you're going through drugs mm-hmm. every 30 minutes every hour yeah. that, that's not it that's not a you know that's that's not a good outcome yes. uh, without without some deeper management that's how i knew to take flynn in because the vet had come yeah. and done the oiling and done the banamine and two and a half hours later he was terrible again yeah. and that, that yeah. to me yeah. was like no it should have it should have lasted longer you should be comfortable no. for at least seven or eight hours that, and then at least exactly. you know you can give a little bit more but you can't yeah, give it yeah. to them every 30 minutes. Right. So if they're, yeah, no, if they're no, like no, bad again, it's no, like, what do you do? No, so, but no, I was very no. impressed. I took Flynn and man, they were ready. They had a response team ready and <laughs> grabbed him and had him in there. And, yeah. you know, well, oh, done, one minute they've left. They've done a few over the 20 they, some years. They've done a few. 
Dr. Chaos, we just got the one minute and we got to wrap it up. That flew by too, but thank you so much for your comments. And did you know there was a shortness, a shortness of, um, of euthanasia? I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I crazy did. Thing. I, we, we got a, we got a, uh, little uh, blurb through our email, but luckily, um, we are well stocked. You so are well stocked. I should have known yeah. that about Peterson and Smith right. Equine Hospital. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Kayot. Have a lovely evening. You bet. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Dr. Kayot with Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Always very informative. We love having him on the show. One of these days, we're going to get him in the Showcase Properties studio. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Jody Everton. and I. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter, and younger you. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back for the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We're in the Showcase Property Studio. I have Jody Everton from Ocala Stirrups at Chestnut Hill Arabians. I just love saying that. I just want to keep saying it. Sounds so English. Keep, keep saying it wherever you want, Louisa. Chestnut we like, Hill. We would love that. That just sounds like um, a lovely place in England. Yes. And you know what it might be, but it's a lovely place in Ocala as well. I'm going to Google it and see. It'd be interesting to see if there's a Chestnut Hill in England. I have a feeling there might be. So we had a wonderful experience, invited to attend um, your open house on Saturday. And, you know, I love the fact that, although I've only just met you guys recently, um, that I find how important this community is and the expense and time that you take to invite people to an open house like that with no charge is along the lines of what I do for my day job because it is pulling the general public and non-horse people into large large numbers came Saturday. I yeah. don't know how many. We had, we had a very good turnout. I'm sure yeah, I, I don't have a final head count, but we had a very good turnout. We were very excited, especially for our first, uh, kind of our launch event for Ocala Stirrups. I think uh, we were very pleased with how it went. I thought the response from the crowd was great. I thought the horses were a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, we tried to make it informative. We had a few vendors, again, just kind of sharing some awareness of the some of the horse products that are available in the area and some of the services that are available. And um, 
Yeah, we're off to a pretty good start. I thought so too. Yeah. Um, in fact, Dr. Phillips come to see me at CP, okay. my day job, and then he was there, the oh, chiropractor. Wonderful. Yes, um, yes. And then yes, he's just started jewelry. Writing. Yeah. Yeah, he's just started writing, and he's yeah. doing a great job. Yeah, yeah he's a wonderful. lot of fun to teach. That's wonderful. Yeah. Lovely jewelry. Yes. And t-shirts and yes, little there's souvenirs. A little, there was like a boutique um, that uh, said that they would, first they said they would give a gift certificate and then asked if they could come set up a table. So, of course, we said yes. And then a friend of hers who does the um, different setting up and different vending opportunities was actually a former client of Joe's and has Arabian horses. And Joe didn't realize that this is what she did. So it was, uh, yeah, it worked out very well that we met her from the boutique. And, and I think people were very excited for something different. Um, they were looking forward to just a family-friendly event. Um, really wasn't about selling anything other than exposing the breed, exposing the Arabian horse. You know, when you're in Arabian horses, which is a very, very close-knit community, you will find people that are very passionate about sharing them. Because like we were talking about on the earlier segment, there is a misconception in the public there about is. what they are mm -hmm. and what they do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's important we change that. So Gigi's going to come in right quick. I so agree. You know, okay. I, um, <laughs> I, was, um, I was blown away by the large crowd. It was a yes. large crowd um, of people. And I didn't see a lot of faces I recognized, which right. let me know that there were a lot of non-horse yes. world people. Um, and that was kind of the audience we were targeting. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we put about a thousand colored flyers in the local school district and uh, the libraries. I mean, we were, Joe and I did a lot of legwork to kind of get the word out. And now we're excited. We've kind of started an email list now that we can kind of do even a little bit more. But we had a teacher from Emmett Bowen Elementary School come and brought her class. Um, which was wonderful, and she was lovely, and she's actually going to be working with us on another project we're working with just to, to help better serve the students of Marion County. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And it, it seemed like um, people were very animated, and I liked, you know, I've been at a lot of events where people were there, but they weren't really listening. Mm -hmm. They kind of tuned out the whole, like, yes. you know, but people were really engaged. I felt so too. I felt that way as well. And I you know, felt like they were just soaking it. Yeah. You know? And you know, the Arabian is a very, it's just a very personal Majestic breed. Too. Yes. And, and they have an exuberance about them that the public, the horse public and the non-horse public could see and become, you know, it does, it is majestic, but they don't realize that that is a, that is just their natural exuberance of life. You know, mm -hmm. trained animals can can behave that way. You know, mm -hmm. you know, they are that way. And then when you put them in their job, you will see them three minutes later not that way. I know. So the intimidation factor then comes away. You right. Know? Um, Actually, that's interesting because that makes me think of the Pasofinos. Yes. Very similar. People get intimidated by that, you know, yes. the way that they are. But then when you ride one, which I had that, of course, that experience recently before I broke my neck yes. riding a Pasofino, and they are not the way they seem correct to even a horse person yes you know and so and I, then I take into consideration I go back to when I first got Sunny my horse 29 years ago I was like two no one <laughs> but but really when I got him everybody was terrified of him the people were selling him because they were terrified of him yes. nobody wanted him everyone was afraid to ride him even after I got him people were afraid to ride him right but he they didn't understand that's yes. just his like that thing up and yes yes and i'll tell you something else about an arabian they love they like to be in a program 
Yes. You need to be consistent. And I think all horse people would, would agree that that is a critically important part of conditioning and training your athlete. And the Arabian is no different. And, you know, we show HSN Hill Arabians. We show the riding horses. We have the halter horses. But even that, like the misconceptions of this, there's misconceptions of what that is. You know, and, and teaching, teaching them and training them is very different than just bringing them out there and jerking them around. And, right. and I just think, again, as, as the public could become better educated, they would under, be able to understand and appreciate that breed. And that's part of the outreach effort that we are doing at the farm as well as the Arabian Horse Association. You yeah. know, May was Arab, Meet the Arabian Horse Month. So uh, Joe and the farm actually did two events. They did an event the first weekend in May um, at WEC, and then we, were, we took part of the Region 12 Horse Show. Um, we had 17 horses at the show and 14 regional champions. So it's just a great show for the farm. Joe just did a super job. At, I mean, those horses were on point. They were turned out. They looked great. The amateurs were prepared, and, and we had a lot of fun. And then, and then to follow it up with our kind of public event for non-horse people. Well, for horse people as well. But our goal was just to let non-horse people know that it's there. I couldn't believe how many people said, I didn't even know this was over here, you no. know? And right over on the other side of, the, of on 200, you have everything, you know? know? Everything is happening over there. But, you know, over the Ocala Horse Complex, there's a lot of horses happening over there. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. and you know, it's interesting the way you go behind like Walgreens and yes. you know, that other entrance and then Mark Cassie's right there right. with his right. training center. And, and even Gigi said when we went yeah. in that, I had no idea this was right off. I know, I know. And you it's know? just, it's such an oasis over there. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's beautiful. And the community of horse people are very kind and considerate of each other. And they're, they want to work together with the same goals that, that we have, you know, to keep Ocala green and yeah. keep it horse horse focus. You yeah, know? And I think that's culture. really important. Yes. Well, it's funny because just a little bit down the road, I think from you, not far, there's another turn in that kind of goes back behind what looks like a retirement type, you know, place. And you go back in there and David, who owns the historic stagecoach and his horses, oh, okay. are back in there on, okay. a, on a five or six acre farm. So, it, you know, back behind there, remember yes. it used to be farmland. Yeah, we have a lot of conven modern conveniences on 200, sure. obviously, because it's a, you know, it's a main road. But right. There's a lot of farms behind yes. there. Yes, there sure is, for sure. And so when you, you need to know where to look for them a little bit. Yeah, you could just be around the corner having your nails done. And that's and pop right. You never know. <laughs> She's picking up ladies now at nail shops. I did. I went to the nail shop. We spoke to a couple of ladies that wanted to just come out and just enjoy the horses. Can we come out and groom them? I said, yeah, I think we can do that. We've got lots of horses that would love to get groomed. How amazing yeah. is that that people who aren't horse people just want to come and see what it's like yep. to be and, around horses? And the lady that I talk, spoke to today, she said she was around horses as a child, and it had been a long time that she had no desire to ride one, but she would like to be around them, and she and her friends would like to come over. I said, well, you know, we can do that. So, That's so sweet. Yeah, while my nails were drying, I gave her my phone number, and <laughs> hopefully she'll come out and see us. <laughs> we have to go to break, but that is a great point. I was riding my horse on the beach six months or so ago, St. Augustine and a little old lady on a walker with her family came up and asked. She said, I haven't touched a horse since I was a little kid. And she's Aww. 92. Aww. And I got a picture of her fussing on oh, Sunday. Oh, how and wonderful. Loving. And you probably made her day. That's made, wonderful. Made mine. Yeah. We'll be back after this break on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay. And also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. 
Promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa and aquapesa, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We're here in the Showcase Properties studio. If you want to farm in the horse capital of the world, please reach out to us here at Showcase. We'd love to help you find one. That's right. You can come see us anytime you'd like. (laughs) Jody Everton in the studio with me from Ocala Stirrups. I had a lovely experience there the other day with a lot of general public seemed like a great mixture of horse people and non-horse people. We got to watch some demonstrations, which I think were beautiful. You know, Arabians, heads in the air and tails in the air. Looking absolutely gorgeous, fancy, um, really beautiful. But then we also got to see some demos of them sort of down, down, keyed down quite a bit, very relaxed with the three kind of stages of riding. Tell us a little bit about what those stages are and kind of what a beginner does, and then we'll go up from there. So our objective was to be able to show that experienced riders don't just happen. There is a process and a development that goes through, just like in the training of a horse or any other athlete, there is a process that you need to go through. So when you're first learning to ride, uh, we had a young girl named Mackenzie who came out and rode with us, and she has very limited riding experience. She did a great job. She was a little nervous with the crowd, new horse. But I thought she just did a wonderful job, and she you could kind of see in her her a beginning level, I would say, of horsemanship. She still had very soft hands. She did a nice job with her position. Um, I was speaking with her a little bit. Joe was kind of giving her a little encouragement. And I would say for the beginner rider, the most important thing is that you're teachable. You right. know, when I meet riders that have been coached or trained in anything else, they are generally easier to train than to teach a horse. And... They have to have a certain comfort level with me and the horse as well. So we try to be very careful with the environment we set up for them. The mare that we used for our beginner and intermediate rider is a very experienced show horse um, and just is very trustworthy. You know, many, many, many years of training has gone into that animal for her to be able to safely carry a beginner and intermediate rider. And how old is that horse? I think she's 15. She's 15. 15, So good good maturity. Yes, Yes, absolutely. You know, her show career is is coming to a close, um, but she's a schoolmaster, and she's an excellent animal to teach on. Yes. Yeah. And that young lady had not ever ridden her before? Never. I had only met her an hour earlier. She'd never uh-huh. even gotten a lesson, hadn't been to the farm before. Really? Yeah, she's a daughter of uh, one of the photographers and a, a woman that does a lot of our marketing. And um, we had, it was just a crazy weekend. We had a couple of other students that were lined up kind of to be our beginner rider. But with the holiday weekend and school ending, they just had other commitments. Yep. So, so we said, well, maybe we can get Mackenzie to come out. Because, again, we want to show people that from the beginner to the intermediate to the advanced rider, there is a place for you here. And there's right. all different 
ways to learn to ride and all different things you can do um, other than just showing. And then the intermediate rider um, is a wonderful young woman who is in a riding program. I've only worked with, I've only gotten to work with her a few times. Uh, She's in the Sarasota area, but um, she is a young woman that has always loved animals and her family has done a very nice job um, putting different opportunities in front of her. I believe she's part of her FFA and Mm -hmm. 4-H and through school. Yes, I heard that. So it's more than just sitting on the horse and going in circles for her. You know, it is a passion for her, and it's she's a smart young lady because she's taking advantage of opportunities as they come her way. You know, uh, she came to visit at the horse show when we were at uh, WEC, and on the last Sunday they really wanted to go ride, and I was exhausted, and I wasn't really feeling it, to be yeah. honest with you. But I'm so glad I did that way I brought her out there because she got to ride the mare and really enjoyed her. And then I think that made her part in the open house, the, all the better, because she had at least had a ride on that horse. You yeah. know, normally a beginner or an Indian meter rider, you'd keep them on the same horse. You might you can do a little trading around, but you're going to keep them within their comfort level. Right. And both of those girls, on the fly, you know, on so to speak, fly, had to yeah. kind of catch up. And, and again, I think that speaks to the, the activity as a whole. You know, it is a lot more than just riding around in circles. You know, um, I remember, you know, my family, my, my mom and dad, my, my father's horse trainer and we owned a farm in New Jersey, but my grandparents, you know, they were part of suburbia, you know, with, you know, sidewalks and streetlights and stuff. And I remember my, yeah, right. I know my grandmother would, we would, she would come to our state horse show every year and she would always ask me, what time does your race go off? I'd say, grandma, it's not a race and there's, and there's not a time to horse show. Well, what time? I don't know what time. You just have to come. So, yeah. So that, I thought that was, that was funny. But to her and, and to the public, a lot of people, oh, do you race? No. And they say, oh, do you jump? No, we don't do that either. <laughs> but then what do you do? You just ride around? Yeah, we just ride around. We're just hanging out all day riding around. You know? Enjoying us. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what we're doing. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, obviously we love the riding, but we love the breed. We just, we love the uniqueness of the breed. Um, the qualities that animal has, their ability to bond with their human partners. I, I met an older couple at WEC a couple weeks ago. And they were telling me that they had been visiting every weekend um, through the winter months when the hunter-jumpers were in there. And the husband noted how quiet the barns were. But the horses were, you know, it was kind of a somber mm-hmm. tone. So they, and, you know, that was months that they were visiting with the hunter, just going to watch as spectators. And then they came to the Arabian show and the wife pointed out, listen to how chatty all these horses are. And there is a lot of communication yes. going on amongst the horses. And if you hang out at Chestnut Hill Ravens, it, it sounds yes. like they are just having their own yeah. their own life is their going on. Their own little chatter. Yes, and we're just part of it. You know, we are their attendants. And, um, yeah, they they got their own thing going on, their and own communication. And me thinking you were playing sound effects to make yeah, it no, all sound real on the show. I know. It's, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> but I, I didn't really think about our breed as a whole being more communicative to each other. I didn't either until just Until now. he mentioned that about the warm bloods. And I thought that was kind of interesting. You're um, actually so right, because when um, Elizabeth Pisonia was there and I yes. came to Christmas ugly sweater yes, party. Yes, yes. And that. there were a lot of people there and it was a lot of fun and we were all having, you know, a drink and a drink. And the horses were very chatty, chatty. <laughs> and I thought at the time, oh, they're chatty because we're loud and we're yeah, dancing yeah. and having a few yeah. drinks, and showing off our really ugly sweaters, you know. And so I thought that was why they were chatty. 
But now I think about it, when you and I talked by the big sign yes. after the open house, everybody had left. Right. And they were, and they were still, still chatting. chatting. <laughs> no. I never thought of the Arabian breeders yeah. chatty before. I, I know. I know. Now, horse trainers don't love it. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, I love it, though. I, I kind of like it, to too. To me, that sounds... <laughs> I know. Listen, I know. when I come out to feed my horses, Sunny always does it. Oh, it's that like I love. It's how I know my 35-year-old horse is okay. Oh, yeah, that, I love that. Because he makes a lot of noise. Yep. You know, and I love that noise. Even in the dark... I can hear, I can yes. recognize his Yes, noise. I know exactly what you mean. And yes. that is comforting. Yes, yes I for love sure. the horse chatter. For sure. Me too. To me, it just makes it sound like you're in horse country. Absolutely. So it Absolutely. doesn't get much better than that. I agree. So then advanced rider, which yes, was our advanced third rider, rider was very Colby. Oh. All four oh. off the ground. Gigi got oh. a photo of all four Colby off the and her horse, she rides an Arabian sign named Pharaoh. Um, his mother was imported from Poland, already a national champion. Just a phenomenal animal. So Colby rode him. Uh, she showed him at the Scottsdale show for the very first time um, in February, and she earned a, a Scottsdale a top 10 in the Select Hunter Division, which is our division for our riders that are new to the Hunter Pleasure Division. Um, and he was beautiful in that class and a very competitive, very, that's the most competitive Arabian horse show that we have is the Scottsdale All-Arabian Show. And then came back to the WEC facility for the Region 12 show and showed for the very first time in the adult Hunter Equitation on the flat, um, and she was a reserve champion in that, so we're really excited. And actually, she is she and Pharaoh will be competing with ten other horses at the Midsummer Youth Nationals event in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, this July. So we're really excited about that. The Arabian breed is one of the few breeds that has a specific youth nationals for their competitors, and we get to see the cream of the crop. I mean, kids that are the superstars from all over the country get to come and. Their level of horsemanship and the quality of horses is just outstanding. It's really, an, it's a lot of fun, and it's just a great, great competitive horse Hold show. Hold that thought. All right. We're coming right back. Gigi said we have to wrap it up, so giddy up. We're out. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the last segment. Stay with us. Hello. I'm Valerie Daly at Central Properties at Central Florida. For more than 20 years, we've been helping people buy and sell real estate with confidence, and you'll always find us actively involved in the community by supporting local arts and culture, mentorship and youth programs, and equestrian events, the lifeblood of the horse capital of the world that does much to enrich the lives of many. If you're ready to discover Ocala, contact one of our experienced agents today. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the last segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We're here in the Showcase Properties studio in the horse capital of the world. Mm -hmm. Certainly very fitting. You know, we own that title for real. That's right. Uh, it's as we have more horses per capita than anywhere else in the world, yes. I might mention. Uh, talking to Jody Everton a little bit about Arabians. We talked a little about their Arab Arabian uh, open house on Saturday, which was wonderful, educational, entertaining, fun. Uh, the carrot feeding fest was brilliant. It was very popular, yes. Um, very, very, uh, <laughs> seeing those little kids running back for carrots um, was, was so sweet. Yeah. Uh, nothing better than seeing little children. And there was one little child that was clutching a, 
a plastic, it looked like a imitation briar or okay, something, you know, okay. under, and she was just running around holding this so horn. Sweet. And I bet she was, she couldn't have been much more than about three or four, yeah. but she was clutching her horse like, this is her life. Yep. And I thought, gosh, I bet you're touching a lot of lives with I this. hope so. I sure hope we are. I mean, the breed has touched my life in so many ways. I... I've been exposed to so many wonderful people and outstanding trainers and coaches who've helped bring myself, my sisters, my family along. Um, and we're, that's what the goal of Ocala Stirrups is, to give back as many ways we can, both to horse people and to bring in more non-horse people. You I know, the, the breed is so versatile. You know, whatever you want to do, an Arabian horse can do it. You know, Joe was impressive. How about your it? partner in crime. How about it? Joe Albert, in the arena, he comes. On his Arabian, uh -huh. 27 times. Yeah, well, that, that is, that's Magnus. You're, that's Magnus. Magnus. You're, that's yes, the other the, one. He's the 27-time uh, national champion. National champion. Yes, uh, which is just phenomenal. Just a wonderful horse. Only 27 times. Just a few times. Yeah. Bred actually in Lincoln, Delaware, right right near where, I, where I'm from. And, uh, yeah, that's just a magnificent horse. And he presented um, his stallion Shadow Facts, which is just, that's one of my all-time favorite horses. And. Just a phenomenal horse. Uh, again, a lot of natural beauty and exuberance. And just the body on him, you know, and that, that horse is not in training. Are we still talking about the horse? Sorry. Louisa. <laughs> Louisa's <laughs> man saucy. <laughs> yes, they're both very handsome gentlemen. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but it's a very versatile breed, so it attracts a variety of people. And I think one of the objectives that Joe and I have is to not only share the breed with non-horse people, but for horse people to understand that this is a wonderful breed that you've been missing out on. You know, whether you like to ride, uh, whether you like to compete, whether you like to do endurance riding, trail riding, whatever it is. And, and they're wonderful horses for kids. And the horses that will have part of the program will be the retired show horses. You know, horses that are no longer competing at the height of their career. Um, their owners still care very much about them and want them still cared for in a certain way. And one thing you'll know about a, an Arabian show horse is once they've been a show horse, they love being show horses. They don't just like the work. They like the interaction that yes. you share with them. So many of them are not happy to just simply go retire to the field. Right. They like that interaction. And, and we in Delaware have many, many horses that we have used that were former superstar show horses that we've trained on for years. And then when that owner is ready to, to go on to something a little more competitive for the show ring, you know, we'll end up buying that horse back and bring it back, keeping it in the program and then keeping it with us for forever, really. Oh, nice. and, and that is our objective as, as well with Ocala And, and you're so right. I noticed when I was going down the stalls and, you know, meet and greet with, yes. the, with them, they loved the interaction. Yes, and you'll know there was not one of those horses that stayed in the back of their stall. All no. Time. Every horse no. was up in the front. They were up there. And even with kids, you know, throwing their arms up and throwing their hands in and they still don't back away. They no. still just, they, they close their eyes and kind of keep their face right in it, you know. And, and speaking they love of that. Arabians. Yes. I've got to make a mention here. Let's do it. My dear friend, um, Heather Reynolds, and her husband, Jeremy Reynolds, um, actually are traveling with their Arabians, as oh, they often do. And they are, I believe, the only husband-wife team that won the Tevis. The Tevis Cup? Yes. Oh, wonderful. And they are, um, they have wonderful Arabians. Wow, and good they, for them. Yes, they actually took um, their horses over to compete, and they had one horse that had a fever, spiked a fever, 
And it, it, Heather says, we're on cloud nine on the bittersweet win today. It wasn't the world championship because they couldn't okay. because they, they spiked the fever. They didn't take a risk. Okay. But they were able then to compete with Treasure and Jeremy, her husband, who won the 2022 WEG test event. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, it was also the Italian championship. And even though we can't win... Um, because we're not Italian, Jeremy did win it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Treasure also looked absolutely amazing, and she mostly got tens for her score. Wonderful. But somehow they only did that for the Italians. More tomorrow, we're exhausted. Aww. So um, that's exciting. So if you check out Heather Reynolds, she's always got good stuff on the Arabians, but they always compete in the Tevis yes. Cup and, yes. and all the big, they go that's to exciting. all the big races. Yeah. Um, so they went over to Italy and competed, and then obviously... Arabians are amazing in um, in endurance. Absolutely, and they are a hardy breed. I mean, they, it is a tough, strong little breed. They certainly are, and and so well suited. Suited. That's the one thing I've not done yeah. is any kind of endurance riding. But I would love to. But I did meet a woman this morning actually that came and took a lesson that had lived. She said in a former life with quarter horses, and she said she would take her quarter horse to the twenty five milers, and she yeah. said, you know, you know, the Arabians always won, but. You know, I, I rode my corridor. That's the idea. Just go. Go have some fun. Yeah. Do things with your horse, you know? When I am permitted to ride again, I'm going to get my Mustang started Wonderful. under saddle. And I would like to try some of those 25-milers when we're both fit. Absolutely. Obviously, at the moment, I'm still on. Yeah, you're going to need to be careful for a minute. restriction, yes. yes. But anyway, congratulations, uh, yeah. Jeremy Reynolds and treasured moments yeah good for you that's great sorry you didn't get to compete where you wanted to but at least you got to compete in italy yes and good for you for your horsemanship taking priority over everything else they are amazing with their horses my daughter actually rode with them a little bit um and went used to practice you know shorter runs with them on their arabians and they are yes they're probably probably the best married couple in the world That's wonderful. in endurance that ride Arabians. I don't think I've ever seen anyone win everything as much as they yes. do. And well, so, and it's and they have a built-in support team. You they know? do. That's wonderful. Good for them. They can put up with each other. Well, yeah. It sounds, <laughs> I, I imagine the horses help a little bit with that. <laughs> so you and Joe at Chestnut Hill yeah. are now kind of going forward with trying to, as as the open house accomplished, bring the community yes. in get really involved and plugged in, get the schools really involved and get kids back into horses again. Most kids want to be anyway. Um, Sometimes it's a financial situation. Correct. Um, Sometimes it's just then they don't live somewhere where it's available readily um, or even transportation if both parents are working and things like that. So it would be lovely to see as conveniently placed as you are. Yes, um, right off 200. Some of those things should be um, pretty easy. How can people find out more? information and where's the best place for them to look is it best to go to chestnut hill arabians on the web or you can do that as you can do that you can go to chestnut hill arabians on facebook or on or ocala stirrups on facebook you can certainly reach out to joe or i directly we would love to chat with you and you know joe and and rob have done just a great job with that farm you know it's a beautiful farm it's laid out well they are meticulous about the horse, how the horses are handled. They're meticulous about the way the facility is kept. And these are the building blocks that you need if you are trying to create an educational program. Because our goal is to be modeling the type of behavior we are trying to teach. You know, you can't teach in one way and then behave in another. That's you know, fine. so um, we are really working hard to, you know, walk the talk we're, we're trying to sell. And, and I think if you come and spend some time with the horses, if you're not sure... The way to find the answer out is to spend the time with the horses because I think you will see it in them. 
It You'll sure see is. The relationships between the people and the animals are critically important, and that shows up in the success they've had competitively, for sure. Jody, you're amazing. I'm Thank glad you, to Lisa. have you as a friend. It's a pleasure. I Thank you. I'm glad to know Jody and um, Joe and Rob, great facility, Chestnut yes. Hill Arabians. Check them out. We are wrapping it up. Whether you are in Ocala, the horse capital of the world, or not, happy horsing around until the same time next week. Thank you.